Hi, welcome back to Unsolved South. I'm Michelle. And I'm Maddie. And Maddie, we've had a lot of new listeners over the last couple weeks, so welcome to all of y'all. We have. Yes, we had a lot of new followers on our Facebook and our Instagram, and we had a ton of people listen. Our um, views have gone up substantially um, over the past couple of days, or past week, actually. Which makes me feel really great, but also makes me feel really bad because last week my audio cut out completely for the majority of the show. And so I had to go back and like edit out pieces that were um, like you were responding to me. I didn't edit them all out because I feel like some of the responses were like, you know, they were needed, but like... Man, I had some jokes in there and like there was like funny bits that, you know, our people missed out on because of my audio issues. So last week I had recorded on a new headset with a new microphone. So this week I'm recording on a new microphone, like a hardcore, like regular um, microphone. So hopefully my audio sounds better and we won't come into this issue again. Knock on wood. Um, but if we do, I don't know what else to do because I've changed my headset. I've, I've gotten a fancy dancy microphone. I don't know what else to do. I don't know. Hopefully We've changed software. Yeah, yeah I know. That. We may have to start trying to get back together to do some recordings and, like, just do several in a day or something. But hopefully this will work. Let's hope so. (laughs) So, I don't know if you um, saw in the discussion group, but uh, Miss Lindsay, she had said that she still suspects the Reverend from the last episode. And, I mean, people did love him. And he was sketch. And he may could have talked somebody into doing something for him. He's not my number one suspect, though. But, I mean, I can see how he's a good suspect. Yeah. Sorry, my dogs are breaking in the background. I hope you can't hear that. Yeah, we can hear it. That's cool. Better yours than mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> can I just have, like, one show that doesn't have bad audio on it, please? <laughs> uh, probably not. There was one show I listened to the other day, and I was like, we need to go back and redo that entire show. One day when we got time, we need to just go back and do it. The one with the, um, I can't think of her name right off, but she was the one that went to Transylvania College, and she got murdered. Yeah. That was a terrible show. Our audio for some... Yeah, because that's why we changed um, softwares, is because that other software kept having our voices record over each other so on your audio even though i'm not even in the same room as you in the same you know county as you um my audio is picking up on your microphone and vice versa and it was just awful and there was nothing i could do about it though yeah that one was just terrible i hated it turned out like that because uh it was a good story but man the the audio was terrible on it so we apologized for that and we are working on it 
And uh, I don't know if y'all noticed, but there is not a ton of discussion going on. Miss Lindsay had carried us from the last episode. Because other than that, there was not a ton of discussion going on in the discussion group. Mm -mm. So y'all need to step it up so y'all can tell us who your suspects are or what uh, you think about the stories or whatever. Because we want to hear it. And don't be scared that somebody's going to be mean or something. Because we will shut that mess down with the quickness if somebody's rude. We will up. shut it down. Shut it mm -mm, down. We're not going to put up with bullies. You can have disagreeing opinions. Right. But you don't have to be nasty about it. But if you're... Yeah, you don't have to be nasty about it. You can do it respectfully. Say, oh, I see how, how, how you think that, but I was leaning more this way about, like, what do you think about this? Like... You, there's a way to say your opinion without like downing somebody else's opinion. 100%. And if you got a crazy theory or whatever, throw it out. People have said crazy stuff. Matlin says crazy stuff all we the time. We love to hear that all the time. We ain't scared all of crazy. <sighs> so, anyway, enough jibber jabber. Are you ready for this story? I am so ready. I'm so excited to hear it. I, I practiced all my words so I could try to get all my words right. So I think I got it. Oh, I'm so excited. But don't be calling me out. Oh. Don't be calling me out because there's a couple words in here that my country may come flying out even though I did practice. So um, don't be making fun. Look, that was one of the things that aggravated me about the last episode is because you said something so country. What was it? They were worshiping, worshiping, and I, I was like laughing at you and everything, and I was so mad I had to take that out. I was so mad. <laughs> I almost re-recorded worshiping, but I didn't. I'm going to have to go uh, back and I'm a couple episodes off. So, all right, quit distracting me okay, with your jibber-jabbering. Uh, we're supposed to be saving that mess to the end. Okay, sorry. All right. All right. So, um, this story, it, it's, a, it's a mess. That's a hot mess. Okay. Way back on August 27th in 1992. So, that was back before you were born. Mm -hmm. I was in high school. Okay, this story took place in Tupelo, Mississippi, and it was during Hurricane Andrew. And it had just been downgraded to a tropical storm, but it was still causing a bunch of terrible weather, tornadoes, flood watches, all of that through the whole city, state really. That morning, Vicki Felton said goodbye to her daughter, Lee, and she headed off to work. Now, Lee Marine Oki. Lean Marie? Marine. Her name was Lee Marine Oki. Lee Marine Marine Oki. like marine animals. All right. That's a name. Um, Her father... Her father, I believe, was Hawaiian, and I think that's um, where that comes from. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, I have a Hawaiian friend, and her name's Erica, a regular name. Eric? Yeah. I'd be so angry if I was Hawaiian. If I was something exotic, and then my name was just like Bob or whatever, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be so mad. 
Well, I'm going to ask her and see if she has, like, a Hawaiian name that she was given. Yeah, she I might guess. have a Hawaiian name. That reminds me of that uh, eye doctor that was talking about Melanie and them's names. Remind me of the <laughs> okay. okay, so Lee had just turned 13 a week earlier. According to her mom, this would be her first time staying at home alone. And it wouldn't be an all-day thing, though. She had plans for the afternoon. Her grandmother was going to pick her up, and then they were going to go attend the open house at Lee's school because she was going into eighth grade the upcoming year. School had not started yet. And um, after they did the open house, her and the grandma were going to go to Taco Bell and get some dinner. And by the time they got done, Vicky should be home from work. So she wouldn't be home alone that long but it was her first time staying home alone so i'm sure she was excited about that oh yeah that that is how the day should have gone for her but that was not how it went due to the storm vicky became worried about lee being at home alone and she wanted to check in on her so they had a phone signal where vicky would call let it ring twice hang up and then call right back and that's like a popular thing to do back in the day because when you were home alone you were not allowed to answer the door and you were not allowed to answer the phone <laughs> and so um i think a lot of our parents had a signal where they would call and let it ring so many times hang up and then call immediately back gotcha, and that's how you knew it was them because you know we didn't have right caller id yeah. and all that wasn't a thing they had this signal and Vicky calls, she lets it ring, she hangs up, she calls back, she gets no answer. So she tries it again in a little while and um, she gets the same result, there's no answer. At this point, despite the fact that she had just seen her daughter just less than an hour before, she decides that she needs to go home right now and check on her. This is at about 8.30. And she had left her house at like 7.35. So it literally had been basically less than an hour. Yeah, but trust your that mom's intuition. So she leaves work and she goes home just to see what's up. She pulls into the driveway and she realizes that the garage door is open. And she might have believed that she had forgotten to close it herself if it weren't for the garage door having a courtesy light on it. So the light would light up anytime the door was open or closed and it would stay on for a few minutes to give you time to um, get into the house or, you know, whatever you were doing. So yeah. it worked like a courtesy light on a car. So the garage door would have to have been opened within the last several minutes in order for that light to be on. So she knew that she wasn't the one that left it open. Someone else had opened the garage door. But she didn't think a ton of it. She walked in and um, when she went up to the door, she realized it was unlocked. And that was unusual because she had locked it. She remembered locking it. She remembered saying, make sure you keep the door locked. Locked. 
she called out for her daughter and she walked around she got no answer so she started heading through the house and that's when she noticed that there was some blood there was blood on the walls and on the floors and so at this point she stops and she calls the police and this is at about 9 a.m roughly so just like 30 minutes after she left work yeah when when I say there was some blood, the police said there was actually quite a bit of blood, that it was pulled on the carpet, but it was pretty fresh. It had not um, had time for the edges to dry and all, so it was pretty fresh blood. It was um, like a spray on the walls. There were pools on the carpet. The bathroom counter was covered in like a pink hue, and then there was spray on the walls in the bathroom. And that led the police to believe that somebody had tried to clean up the blood in the bathroom and that they had failed and just kind of smeared the blood all over the counters. They did not ever find the bloody rag or towel that would have been used to clean up the blood, though. They did not find that at all. But it was clear someone had tried. Was any towels missing? Um, not that she noted, not that she mentioned, but I don't know if I would know if towels were messing up my house. I think the best I could do, unless it was like one of my favorite towels or something. Yeah. I don't know if I could say, yeah, you know, I had six green towels. I don't know if I would know if a towel was missing. I mean, because you go through towels, you replace them, you throw them out, you use them as cleaning rags now. I mean... I don't know. But no, not that it was mentioned. Right. Okay. There there was a blood trail that led from the bathroom down the hall to the living room and then continued to the back door. And they felt like the blood trail was leading that direction. Well, we'll get into that later. At the back door stuck to the door frame was hair and blood so it looked like lee had probably hit her head on the door frame at some point and it was her hair yes well dna that's what i was going to get into but i was going to just wait but dna was very minimal at this time it, it was in its infancy and it was really new some places weren't even quite using it yet at this point what they basically could tell you was somebody's blood type Mm-hmm. on blood it it's not like now where they can get characteristics or you know where you're from or whatever out of your blood they literally could say this is type o blood gotcha and so the blood type matched <laughs> that was a little iffy because they said that the type matched lee but then i see saw where In her description, it said she had either type A or type O blood. And I saw in a couple of the um, articles that the blood found was either type A or type O. And so I don't know if at the time the DNA wasn't, um, it just wasn't good enough to tell the difference or why it says either or 
Yeah, that doesn't make a ton of sense, but I guess the timing, the year. Right. And and I don't know, um, I don't know how they knew her blood type, but did not know for sure what her blood type was either. That, that seems strange. And so I just kind of assumed that because the police said it was her blood type and because in the stories it said that the blood they found was either A or O, that they took that and put it in her description. Otherwise, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense um, otherwise. Right. About this blood trail, this does mean that she was in the bathroom went down the hall to the living room and to the door and then hit her head unless she hit her head and then went to the bathroom and then came back i don't know um we'll get into that in a little bit too though the nightgown that lee had been wearing when vicky left the house that morning and her bra were found in her bedroom and both were soaked with blood A few of her personal items were missing from the house, and those included um, a pair of shoes, a set of undergarments, a sleeping bag, and her glasses. I do not know how people know that they are missing underwear. No, I would not know. That is one thing I, I, I know for sure I would not know. Like, if I had a specific pair, for instance, um, I thought I had packed a specific pair when we went on this trip this weekend, and then when I started looking for them, I could not find them. And so I was joking that somebody had broke in and stole my underwear. But when I got home, I actually (laughs) did find them, so it turned out (laughs) that I did not... um, I did not pack them at all, apparently, even though I specifically remember putting them in the suitcase, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I just, maybe I owned a pair of underwear. Now, a bra, I could tell you that my bra was missing, but um, I would just assume Me one too. of the other girls took my bra and that it was somewhere in one of their drawers that's just what i would assume but i guess they didn't have this issue my other question was that when in her description she is listed as wearing a nightshirt and we know that she was wearing a nightshirt when her mom last saw her yeah but But they found the night shirt. shirt was found yeah. in her room. So I don't know why they left that in the description. And I don't know how you could say, oh, yes, she's missing underwear and a bra, but not be able to say, oh, she's missing a pair of jeans in this green T-shirt she wears all the time. Yeah. Do you, you, you get what I'm saying about that? Definitely. It, it just struck me as a little odd. <sighs> They call the dogs out, and but remember, we've got storms, tornado warnings, I mean, watches, flooding, all of this is going on. Hurricane Andrew's been blowing for a week now. The weather is terrible, everything is wet, and the dogs cannot pick up a scent. Yeah. They do wind up holding several searches, but um, none of them really pan out. 
they did wind up doing a reward but no information was found with that so it was what it was now that evening after school hours Lee's little boyfriend calls to talk to her like he does every day mm-hmm. they attended a different school different schools from each other like Billy likes to say they went to separate schools together what how did they how did they know each other I believe from church but it was oh, never okay. really specified but I do know that they went to church and stuff so but they went to um to separate schools together and so their relationship was mostly based on the phone and he would call every day when he got out of school and they would talk and you know how kids do so when he calls vicky says to him i'm sorry sweetie but lee's missing oh wow way to break the news he later said in an interview that yeah he said he didn't know what she meant by lee's missing because he was only 11 at the time and he had never had any kind of experiences like this so he was just like oh okay but he didn't even really understand what that meant But looking back on it as an adult, he said that her tone and demeanor just seemed very flat. And she kind of delivered it in a matter of fact, this is what happened. He didn't recognize it at the time, but as an adult looking back, that's what he remembers. Now, that's been a long time ago, so he could be misremembering it. And people grieve in different ways. So, you know, we have to take that with a grain of salt for sure. You might get the impression that she's very nonchalant about it, but, I mean, she might feel, like, devastated and barely keeping it together, and, you know, her tone is just, I mean, not as animated as you think it should be. A hundred percent, that could be the case. When he found out she was missing, Lee's father, Donald Oki, took emergency leave from the Army And he uprooted his wife and his other child, and they temporarily moved to Tupelo to participate in the searches. At the time, he had been stationed in Hawaii, and he he had moved all over, but at the time, he had been in Hawaii for a minute. And he and Lee were close, despite being separated by his military obligations. She would go visit him pretty often, And that was anywhere he was stationed. Even when he was in Germany, she went over and visited with him and stayed and they toured around and, you know, he took a little time off and everything. So they were actually very close, even though they did live so far apart. He and Vicky had divorced back in 1991. So that would be when Lee was about two. So she never really knew her parents together. So it it wasn't a major deal for her, you know. He stayed in Tupelo until he just absolutely ran out of resources. And um, that was about four months in. And you really can't blame him. He's probably living out of a hotel. He's got this wife and this baby. And, you know, at some point he's got to go back to work. And so after that, he did go back. And he still kept very involved in the investigation, but from afar. Shortly after Lee's disappearance, a fast food worker in Boonville, Mississippi, 
which was about 30 miles north, I believe, of Tupelo. She saw a girl matching Lee's description in the company of an African-American man. And I only mention it because I believe that's why it stood out to her was because um, there was this young white girl with a little bit older of a black man. And I think that's what caught her eye and why she remembered it. Did you describe Lee in the beginning? Because this whole time I've been picturing her as a little African-American girl. No, I apologize. You're right. I usually do it right in the beginning so y'all know who to look for. And I did not. So let me stop here and describe Lee. She is four foot ten. She weighs, let me scroll down because I do have a description. I just for I just for some reason did not put it in the beginning like I normally do. I, I don't know why. I, I did not picture a white girl at all. Well, anyway, she is in she's 90 some odd pounds. She's 410. She's got um hazel eyes, strawberry blonde hair. So she's a little light skinned. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I just went crazy. I swear I had it in there, but I sure don't see it. So, and I usually put it right at the front so we can all picture who we're talking about. (laughs) And I completely, I spaced on it. This story was hard for me, and I'm going to tell you why at the end. But um, this story, usually I can sit down because I've got my research done and I can just knock them right out. And this one was a little, it was a little harder for me to knock out. I just, I kept having to come back to it and come back to it and come back to it. So, and plus because it's a sad story. Yeah, it is a very sad story. I mean, they're all sad, but. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so she's like a little light-skinned white girl. And she's obviously young. In her face, she is obviously young. She's not one of these 13-year-olds that looks like she could be 20. Mm -hmm. She's a 13-year-old that looks like it's possible she could be 10. Gotcha. And so when this fast food worker saw her... With this, and when I say he was older, he was older than her. He was probably in his 20s, but that's what stood out. He was older, and he was not the same race as her, Mm -hmm. which made it less likely he was a family member or whatever. And so I think that's what stuck out because, you know, fast food workers see a lot of people. Yeah, And so something has to stand out for them to remember it later. But this did. And so she calls the police and she's like, you know, I saw this. I I don't know if it was her, but it did match her description. And this is what happened. So the police investigate and they actually, they track the people down. But they don't give any details as to what was going on there. They just said that it definitely was not Lee. It was a different girl. So, on September 9th, and that's about a month after Lee has been missing, her eyeglasses that had gone missing with her were mailed to her mother's home. What? Yeah, and we need to discuss this a little bit because... They were addressed to B, the letter B, mm-hmm. Yarborough. And that was 
actually Lee's stepfather's name. What? And he had been living in the house with him, but he had moved out before Vicky, I mean, before Lee went missing. Him and Vicky separated like a month or so before Lee went missing and he had moved out. Hmm. So then these glasses a month later pop up at the house and they're addressed to him with his first initial and his last name. Wow. So does he have any enemies? And that I, we don't really know. So, but we will get more into him. Gotcha. But we need to discuss what was happening with this package for a okay. sec. The street name on it mm-hmm. was misspelled. They lived on Honey Locust Lane Drive. Sorry, Honey Locust Drive. Okay. And the E was left out of the word honey. So they spelled it H-O-N-Y. Hmm. The envelope had been mailed from Boonville, which is where the fast food worker was. Yeah. And thought she saw. Okay. So, but remember that girl's been cleared. It definitely was not her. But this envelope is mailed from the same place. And the envelope had twice the amount of postage on it that it needed. And um, these were stamps. So it wasn't like somebody went into the post office and had it weighed and just paid extra. Like they just busted out the book of stamps and they just put a bunch of stamps on it to just make sure it would get where it was going. Yeah. Right. Back in the day, they didn't have the stamps that were stickers. You had to lick them. And, um, and the envelopes were the same thing. You, you had to lick the envelopes. But because of all the wet weather, no, the envelope and the stamps were all wet. And there was no DNA to be found what? on the envelope, the stamps, or the glasses. What? There was not a fingerprint I wear glasses, and I'm telling you, it is so hard to handle a pair of glasses and not leave a fingerprint. You got to actively work at it. They could not find a trace of anything on any of these items. They called in a handwriting expert to analyze the handwriting because the address and stuff was handwritten. It did not have a letter or anything. It was just her glasses, the envelope with the handwritten address, and the stamps. That is all they had. The handwriting expert could not conclude anything. He couldn't match it to anybody's handwriting, which he was kind of behind the eight ball, in my opinion, because... I mean, you're just busting out with this one little writing sample, and they're like, who is it? Yeah. So, did they kind of feel for him, because I don't know. Go ahead. Did they compare it to the stepdad? They compared it to everyone involved in the case. Okay. And they could not, um, they could not. However, just devil's advocate. Well, I don't know if it's devil's advocate in this case. Probably not. I don't know. I'm just going to say something because I can't remember. I don't think it's devil's advocate. I'm wrong. Y'all just ignore I said that. Okay, so here's my thought. 
if I mail you something mm-hmm. and then I feel like for sure you're going to send it to the police, you're going to be like, hey, police, look at this. So when the police come in a week and they're like, hey, we need to get you to write this sentence for us, I'm busting that out left-handed or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because I know what why you're asking. You know what I'm saying? Whoever mailed it knew why they were asking for a handwriting sample. So unless they were able to go find a handwriting sample that was previously written. Right. But I don't know if they would have thought that through. You know what I'm saying? Like some of this, I feel like we've got the benefit of all the CSIs and such. Yeah, and being armchair detectives. Right. So now we've got this where we're like... Oh, you can't just trust somebody and Judge Judy because Judge Judy will get your driver's license because she won't trust you to just sit here and write something out. She'll ask for your driver's license to see if your signature matches. We've got the benefit of seeing all this. And back then, I don't know that we had that many detective shows that showed that part of crime solving, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if they would have even thought, hey, we can't just ask these people to write this address. We need to go find an envelope that she's mailed and or that he's mailed or, you know, the child support check that the father sent with this address on it. We need to find something they already wrote and compare it. And I don't know if back in the day they thought to do that because they definitely did not find any anybody's handwriting that matched so that was in september right Mm -hmm. in november a farmer in neighboring monroe county and monroe county touches lee county and lee counties where tupelo is so a farmer in monroe county he's harvesting his soybeans or he's got his hands out there harvesting soybeans and one of them uncovers a human skull what so obviously they call the police they come out they get it it's definitely a human skull they send it to the crime lab and um shortly after the crime lab comes back and they say that this skull belongs to lee oh really Yes, however. However, it's always however. Three days later, three days later, they were like, oh, my bad. Sorry. No. That ain't her. No, how can they be sure? True story. Well, after they did some more an- analysis on it, they found that this skull actually belonged to a missing 27-year-old woman. She had been missing for eight months. And her name was Pollyanna Sue Keith. 27? And uh, just, you know, for... This is a... Yes, yeah, she's This is a 13-year-old we're looking for. And we matched it to a 27-year-old? So there were only te- four teeth left in the skull. And it was pretty badly damaged. It had been out there a minute, and they were harvesting the soybeans, so presumably they had tilled the land to plant the soybeans between the time the body got there and when they found it. So it it was fairly badly damaged, and I believe that's how. I think they just jumped the gun because they're like, oh, yeah, it's not that far away, and um, 
she's the most recently missing, it's probably. Let her. me just say this. And somebody just jumped the gun. They out. should not have said it is definitely her if they were not 110% sure that it's definitely her. Like, who does that? To their For family? Sure. To their mother? Oh my goodness. Sure. This is awful. It was pretty bad. And, and But now, if you look at it, like, sometimes there'll be a missing person, and then they're like, oh, this person went missing in this area, and then they're like, we found a body in this area, but we're not positively identified it yet. We're presuming that it's so-and-so, but we're, we haven't positively identified right. it. And they do that a lot yeah. now. This is probably why... Is I'm sure they felt like complete dummies. Yeah, because they are. Now, about Pollyann, Pollyanna, I wanted to find out what her story was. But sadly, I could not find any mention of her that was not in connection to this event where her skull was found and attributed to... What? So, I added her to my list. And when I get some more time, I'm going to go do a, a deeper dive. But... I, I searched all my regular channels, and I could not find this poor woman's name anywhere. That's awful. Can you Other imagine? Other than in connection with these kids. It is. Exactly. And I found her gravestone. So, and it said, beloved daughter, sister. Um, I can't remember. It said something else, but I can't remember what for some reason. Um, but, so she had family. Yeah. But I do not, I, I could not find anything that did not literally just say that she, her skull was found and they had attributed it to Lee. So I thought that is so it's sad. so sad. Um, anyway, I added her to the list, so hopefully I'll be able to find something one day. But I did look into it for us because I was curious, you know, what her deal was. Also, because it was so close in timing. Mm-hmm. The chances that they were connected were slim, but it's never zero, never right? Zero. So that was the end of the evidence that uh, they found in Lee's case. And she is still missing to this day. They, they've not found a body. They've not find, found hide nor hair of her. So now we need to go through our suspects and see who we can rule in, who we can rule out. And uh, then we'll talk about our theories, All right? right? So, suspect-ish number one is the boyfriend. He was 11. She was 13. This relationship was not that serious. They mostly just talked over the phone. They didn't see each other often. He did not live close. It would not have been easy for him to get there. Um... I think he was in school that day because he said he called after school hours. So I believe his school actually must have started back Mm -hmm. already. And he didn't seem to know she was missing. He was, you know, like, I don't even know what that means. So he was never a suspect with the police. They did not even bother to question him, which I personally think was a mistake. Not because I think he was a suspect, but just because girls talk to their boyfriends about the creepy guy that followed her home or, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's no telling. And so I do think that was a mistake. There's no telling what information he has. Right. He may not have even realized it. 
But they didn't talk to him, and he was never a suspect, and I feel fine clearing him unless you've got objections. No, let's clear him. We don't need an interview. No. The dad, Donald, he had a pretty good alibi because he was in Hawaii at the time, and a lot of people saw him there, including his superiors in the Army. They could all vouch for the fact that he was attending work when it led up to this he also did take and pass a polygraph test and um they felt like he did not know anything about where his daughter was so they cleared him and i feel fine doing the same unless you got an objection she's clear okay so donald though he has a suspect of his own in mind and we're gonna get to that one in just a minute now, the stepdad, Barney Yarber. This is who I think it is. He had just split up. Okay, well, he had just split up with the mom, and he could have been pissed about that. Yeah. Did they say why they split up? No, just that they did. Now, there were rumors going around that he was abusive, But there was no evidence, there was no real accusations from anybody that was involved, there were no accusations from anybody that said they witnessed it, there was not even anybody that said, I heard it from somebody was involved, or I heard it from somebody that saw it. So, you know how when something, I hate to say it like this, but something exciting happens. Then everybody wants to come out the woodwork with the, oh, I heard. Oh, yeah. And so that is what seems to be the case here. Now, could he have been abusive? Oh, 100%. Because people are abusive all the time and nobody knows it. And people are like, oh, they're the nicest person in the world. Because you do not know what's going on behind closed doors. That's 100% true. But I would feel better accusing this man if, you know, one of her friends was like, oh, I was on the phone with her and he come up and slapped her while we were talking and I heard it on the phone or just anything Mm -hmm. that somebody actually witnessed instead of, oh, my friend Susie's mailman's uncle told me. Because I don't trust that uncle. He's shady. (laughs) So I'm going to hand you the salt shaker so we can do our little grain of salt on that one. Because I'm not. I don't don't know how I believe that. Now, he has an alibi. And the police were able to confirm that his alibi was legit. And he took and passed a polygraph test. I... I'm fine to rule him out. I don't know how you feel. I don't know. It's either... I don't know. I don't want to let him All right, go. Well, you hang on to him. Hang on to him. Okay. Okay, well, you hang on to him, and we'll go through the rest of our suspect list, and then we'll see how you feel about it, because I got an advantage, because I know the rest of our oh, suspect true. list. <laughs> Very true. Now... The stepdad, he just for, it don't make no difference in this case, really, but he did pass away. So, um, I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. So, now think back. Remember when I said that um, Donald, the dad, he had a suspect Mm -hmm. in mind? Okay. So, from the jump, Donald says it was somebody in the family. 
It was somebody in the family. And that's how he starts out, saying it's somebody in the family. Well, when that isn't getting the traction, he starts naming names. And he says it was Vicky. That's who I thought he was going to say, but I didn't want to say it out loud. So, he starts pointing fingers at the ex-wife. He does not say why she was his immediate suspect. He never says why exactly. But he did go to the police and he said, you need to look at Vicky. I think that she did this. And the police, they seem to have a little bit of suspicion about her on their own. Because they thought that it was weird that Vicky had immediately become so worried when she couldn't get an answer on the phone. Like, I mean, she was so worried. And it was immediate. It wasn't like she called five, ten times or called for half an hour and couldn't get an answer. This was early in the morning. This kid did not have school and she didn't have plans till the afternoon. It really would not have been unheard of for her to just go back to sleep, right? So, the fact that she was just so worried about it was weird to the police. And then they thought that it was also weird that she started calling, like, within really 30 minutes or so, within 30 minutes to an hour of the last time she had seen her daughter. So, she leaves, gets to work, and immediately she just gets so worried that she has to start calling the house. And the police think that's weird because she saw her daughter. There was nothing going on. There were the tornado watches, but that was happening when she left the house. So, in their opinion, nothing new had happened to cause her to be so worried. So, why would she just drop everything and go home to check on her? Then again, that was mother's intuition. Position. A hundred percent, and it is a thing, and I am a firm, firm believer that everybody, not just mothers, should trust their intuition. If something tells you that something's wrong, it probably Mm -hmm. is, so you should be listening to that, and I a hundred percent agree on that. Now, though, on a little personal note, when I put this story together, I put in this detail that I found to make sure it was there because I wanted to see if anybody else picked up on it. When at the beginning of the story, Vicki says that this was Lee's first time staying home alone, right? Right. But then she says they had a phone code worked out so Lee would know when to answer when she called and Lee was home alone. So she would know it was safe to answer the phone. Well, I assumed that meant, like, when her and her sister were there without the mom. What sister? I thought she had a sister. That's the dad's kid. Oh, my bad. In Hawaii. Well, then that is strange. No, that was the dad's kid in Hawaii. So, you were allowed to answer the phone if there was an adult home, but they didn't want you answering the phone if you were home alone. Do recall that back then they had phone books. I'm just going to assume you know what that is, or do you? Yes, yes. Okay, so your phone book, your phone book had your name, your address, and your phone number in it. Yep. 
So if somebody got that phone book and they called your number out of that phone book, they knew where you lived. So if they were like, hey, you know, where's your mom? And you were like, oh, she's at work. They knew where you lived. They knew you were alone. That's why our parents didn't want us to answer the phone. So we didn't say nothing stupid. And then we were instructed that you never said your parents weren't home. You said they're in the shower. Now, or they're taking out the trash or whatever. Devil's advocate for real this time. Could it be possible <laughs> that the mother and the daughter thought up this code before, like, before she left? Before the mom left for work. So it she said, possible. when I call it you, I'm going to call this many times. I'm going to let it ring twice and I'm going to hang up. You know, is it possible that she did that? It is 100% possible. But if they had just thought up this code, you don't have a teenager yet, but as somebody that's raised a bunch of them, um, those little fools going to forget that as soon as you walk out the door. <laughs> so if you call and you did it, chances are they're just going to answer the phone on the first ring. And you're going to be, I thought I told you not to answer the phone. I thought we worked out this code. And they're going to say, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, six of them, and I'm telling you, every single one of them would have done the same thing. From the smartest <laughs> to the dumbest, every one of them would have done the same thing. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> so again I question if you would be that worked up over the fact that she didn't answer but I'm just throwing out my observations I mean I'm like I said armchair detective so very true I'm just throwing out what I saw and I thought it was weird and it's a it's a small thing, but it's a weird thing. Like it's it's if she lied about it, it just throws into question everything she says after that. Because if I can't trust you on the small stuff, can I trust you on the big stuff? I mean, people like to be like, oh, well, it's you know a little white lie. But the truth is, if I can't trust you, man, I don't know. If I can't trust you to put my cookies in the oven when I ask you to. Am I going to be able to trust you with Thanksgiving dinner? No. <laughs> so I got to be able to trust on that small stuff before I can trust on the big stuff. And I just, if she's lied about it, it calls into question everything. But you could be right. They could have worked it out right before she left. That's possible. Here's the thing. So this storm is the reason she gave for why she was so antsy about uh, Lee being home alone right mm -hmm. but this storm been going on it was going on when you left so why didn't you call in that leads me to believe you couldn't call in because if you were that worried about it and you didn't have anybody to play with her you would have stayed home if you could have right and the storm was downgraded could, to a tropical storm at this time so I mean right, why would you it get did have bad weather and, it was bad weather yeah. Right. Okay, so we have to assume that she could not call in for whatever reason. 
But if that's true, then how was she able to just pick up and leave at a moment's notice right after she got there? Yeah. And and she, I mean, did she say, hey, I'm having an emergency? And then she got home and it was an emergency? That would be ironic. Or did she say, I need to go check on my kids. She ain't answering the phone. I mean, I don't know. That seems weird. Plus... Y'all don't know this, but I do. The grandma lived just like five minutes up the road. And she was planning on going over there in a little while anyway. Why didn't you call the grandma and say, hey, can you run over there and check? Oh, yeah, that's new information. Okay, so, and she may have just not even, she might have been like, I don't want to wake my mama up for no reason because she's already doing this other stuff for me. She may have been like that. She may not have even thought of it. I'm just throwing the information out there so y'all can do with it what y'all like. Anyhow, back to business. So the police interview Vicky, and she does well in those interviews. They're like, oh, she makes a lot of sense. We, we think she, yeah, she gave us the right answers. And Donald goes, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because did I tell y'all that Vicky was also in the military? What? That's where she met Donald. She also was in the military. And according to Donald, Vicky's job in the military was an interrogator. What? What? And he says she was highly trained as an interrogator and she was very good at her job. Are you kidding me? So, he says, I feel like she would know exactly what to say, what the police need to hear in order for them to believe her. So, it makes perfect sense to me that she's doing well in these interviews. Uh, yeah. So, the police, they give, they give Miss Vicky a polygraph test. Want to guess how she did on that? Let's say she failed. She did fail, but she says it was because of her emotions, because she was so worked up. But oddly enough, other people had said her emotions were super flat and she was not showing emotions. But she did explain that away, saying that she had to hold her emotions at bay. She had to compartmentalize and she just could not allow herself to go there with her emotions or she would break completely down. And that is 100% valid. However, a lot of people that are taking, I'd say like most of the people that are taking a polygraph test are in high emotion situations, including the father. And a lot of them manage to pass. So, I don't know. In yeah. any case, so they're like, okay, well, We'll call in the FBI, and so they did, and the FBI sends a specialist. His whole job is um, lie detectors, right? And so mm -hmm. they get him in there. He gives her two more tests, and she shows deception on both of those tests. Oh, so at this wow. point, she's failed three lie detector tests. And I'm not comfortable clearing her, but I I do want to say, because we've said this before, polygraphs are a trap because yes. you should not take one. 
No, absolutely never. should not take one because anything could happen and you could fail it. But if you don't take it, everybody thinks you're guilty. Yeah, <laughs> so you it's a guilty lose, as lose get situation. Out, you don't take Exactly, they're a trap. But because of the polygraphs and because I'm a little iffy on her story, I am not comfortable clearing Vicky because her whole vibe just seems off to me. Mm-hmm. So you can clear her or not. Nah. I got my theory. Okay. So although Vicky says, I did not have anything to do with this. Uh, it was not me, I swear. I loved my daughter. Had nothing to do with this. She says, well, I believe I know who did this. Because Vicky's got a suspect of her own. Who is Vicky it? points the finger at a man named Oscar Mike Kearns. And Mike is a nickname. It is not his real middle name. So Is it Meyer? No, it was something like um, McIntyre or something. Oscar McIntyre Kearns or something like that. That's probably not it. But it was something like that. And I was like, eh, I vaguely see how they called him Mike out of that. But if you look him up under Oscar Kearns, you can find him. So she knew him from church and he kept inviting Lee to go horseback riding with him. Like repeatedly he had asked Lee to go horseback riding with him. And um, she was apparently a little creeped out by him. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's pretty weak, right? For as far as suspects go, he's a church guy that was like, "Oh yeah, hey, come ride my horses." He so was interested. That feels weak, right? But no, yeah, not so much. Um, he he, this is not a weak um, suspect at all because uh, nine months after. Vicky says, I think he is the one that took Lee. Nine months later, Kern gets arrested in another town for abducting a teenage girl that he knew from church. What? What? Oh, guess what else? He took her from her house when he knew she was home alone. What? He knocked on the door. She answered. He said, hey, I got sent here to drive you to school. And so she went with him because she knew him from church. So he gets her. He takes her to a park and he rapes her. And then he releases her. And bless her heart, she goes and reports this assault. And he gets arrested. Oh, good on her. Now, let's not gloss over the fact, yes, but let's not gloss over the fact that this means he left town and the church shortly after Lee disappeared. Mm-hmm. Because this was nine months later. So he left pretty quickly after. Now, that could be because he was a suspect because they questioned him or whatever. But if that was true, then wouldn't he have been on his best behavior and not be kidnapping another little girl? Yeah, but also why would he release this other little girl and not Lee? That is also a valid point. So, anyhow, um, he gets sentenced to eight whole years for raping this little girl. Eight I said eight. I said eight. That's the number after seven. Eight. That's, That's it? less than ten. Eight. 
Are you kidding me? Oh, you want to guess how much of that he served? Like three months. A little more than that. He served less than four years. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Dead serious. Hey, just for funsies, you want to guess what he did when he got out of jail? He went and abducted another kid. Oh, no, no. This time, he adopt, he uh, kidnapped a whole married couple. A whole-ass married couple. What? He kidnapped both. And then he, and he raped the wife. What? While he had her and her husband. This, mm-hmm. Okay, maybe, like, this guy is changing his motive. His, um, what is it called? His, uh, M.O., yeah, modus operandi. Yeah, that's what it is. Because these I'm are sure I'm correct about that. Three different, very different crimes. Well, the first two are not that different, and we don't know if he had anything to do with Lee. But um, but it was a very, very similar situation, and he did, in fact, know Lee from church. So. So I gotta hand it to Vicky. If she just pulled this suspect out of her butt, she did a good job. So, um, yeah, but why didn't she give any us case, any more information? Like, I feel like there was something else there that you know really. What? I don't know. And you keep going back to mother's intuition. True. And she could have just had, let's just say she's completely innocent of this. And the only reason she went and checked on Lee was mother's intuition. The only reason she was worried, mother's intuition. Then could she not have had the same mother's intuition about this creepy guy at church who seemed perfectly nice, but just gave her a bad vibe? Or, and hear me out. For my wild theory, what if I'm listening? What if she wanted her kid gone, and she wanted to pin it on her ex boyfriend, and this guy at church was offering, and so she was like, "Hey, dude, come abduct my kid. I'm gonna pin it on the ex boyfriend." Because remember, she sent the glasses back, or sorry, someone sent the glasses back. Somebody addressed yeah. to the ex boyfriend. So could she be framing the ex boyfriend? But yeah, but, yeah. Sorry, husband. Could she be framing the ex husband? Okay. So yeah. Well, I mean, anything's possible. But we'll get into um, the evidence in a minute. We'll we'll analyze the evidence in a minute. So okay. So he gets convicted of raping this married lady and kidnapping her and her husband he was set to get out of jail in 2019 he got um i can't remember how much but he did get more time for that probably because a man was involved in all honesty if i'm being a hundred percent i gotta say i truly believe he probably got more jail time because he kidnapped a man but in any case um He was convicted, and he was set to be released in 2019. So in the meantime, the police come to him, and they start questioning him about Lee. Um, And remember, this is when he's in jail for the first little girl, because 
then he looks like, oh, yeah, this is a good suspect, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know about, the married couple hasn't happened yet when the police talk to him. So they go talk to him about Lee and his involvement with her disappearance and all of that. They tried to. He would not talk about it. And they kept trying to, and he would not talk about it. And so then he goes, all right, I tell you what. I'll take a polygraph if it's cool with my lawyer. Shocker. It was not, in fact, cool with his lawyer. No, because what lawyer is going to say, yeah, take the polygraph? Polygraphs are not reliable. Don't take a polygraph. But you look sketchy if you don't. Exactly. And you got to know. Exactly. But you got to know your lawyer is going to say, no, uh-uh. We ain't going to do no polygraph. <laughs> so you know that that's what they're going to say, right? But then you're like, hey, I would have took it. So it, it's really the only way to get yourself off the hook is to lawyer up and then say, oh, yeah, if he says it's cool, I'll do it. Because mm -hmm. you know the lawyer is going to say no. <laughs> then you don't have to look guilty by saying you won't do it, right? So that's what y'all need to do in the future if you get hauled in for a poly. I was about to say, I'm making a note right now. <laughs> exactly. I'll write that down. So they don't have any evidence that links him to this at all. They have that he committed this super similar crime. Um... But he's not talking. There is no DNA. There is no fingerprints. There is no nothing. Other than the fact that he's just like a massively creepy perv. There's no reason. Um, there's no way they can charge him with anything having to do with Lee. So they got no options on it. Now there's good news. He's dead. Um apparently it was like a long hopefully painful illness and i'm not sad but uh so there's that yeah that's a bright spot for me very bright yeah um i'm definitely not clearing him of anything i'm not clearing him enough oh, no. at all oh no he no is high, high on my list but i will point out like you touched on a minute ago he did not kill any of the other victims that we know of because the chances of these being his only two victims pretty slim right pretty slim it's possible there were a ton of victims and we just don't know about it but that we know of he did not kill any other of his victims so why would he have killed lee unless it was an accident i don't know that much blood doesn't seem like an accident truth okay so this is not um this is not suspects this is evidence that we can analyze now we can see what we got we need to make some notes of and stuff um first thing is that there was no sign of forced entry remember that door was unlocked so she either had to have opened the door or somebody had a key and she could have opened the door for somebody she knew and it's at all possible she'd open the door for the guy at church um probably she would not have opened it for a stranger anything's possible but probably she would not have and i guess it's 
possible that she opened it for another reason like the trash can blew over outside or something and she was like let me go ahead and get this trash can and then somebody was out there but i mean they're just standing there hanging out in the middle of a thunderstorm hoping somebody comes out the door that doesn't make a lot of sense there also is the question of how would how would this um mike guy have kerns how would he have known she was home alone yeah because the mom but then how did he know the other girl was i reckon i don't know i mean wasn't like there was social media or anything but he did find out the other girl was alone somehow he could have been following them could have been anything in any case, um, yeah, but this little the girl other hasn't thing been is that somebody alone at all ever, right? This is her first. But time. we don't know if the other girl was either. She was also a young. Gotcha. But I meant the other girl that got kidnapped. So we don't know how often she had stayed home. Um, so. But I just think it's weird, you know, like, how would he have known Lee was home alone, but also he did know the other girl was. So he could have been stalking. He could have, you know, overheard them tell a friend at church, any number of things, really. Now, if the door had been locked and somebody would have to have the key, that would be somebody that lived there. Or, like, too many people there could have been a poorly hidden spare key out in the yard somewhere but again so somebody's like what gonna break into the house they get the key they go in oh no didn't realize anybody was home nobody's usually here at this time i don't know about that okay so so the other thing would be the glasses Mm-hmm. And my main question about the glasses, th- this is my, this is the way my mind works. So I kidnap somebody and I am like, I am getting away. I am home free. They do not have my fingerprints, my blood, my evidence. I mean, I ain't leave nothing behind. Nobody has a freaking clue. They said in the papers, they don't have a clue. Why on earth? Would I go, let me risk it and send them these glasses. Because you're trying to frame. Makes no sense. You're trying to frame the ex-husband. I do not really disagree with that. Because, okay, so here's the thing. If you're not asking for a ransom... I do not think there would be any reason for you to initiate contact with the victim's family and possibly give the police more evidence against you, especially when they have none. It makes no sense. So why would you do that? Either you're sick in the head and you won't get your little rocks off by imagining like how much it hurt the family to get these glasses and stuff. And that happens. There are like complete crazy people in the world. Yeah. But if that was the case, would one and done be good enough for you? Like, would you be like, oh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, so we sent the glasses and then I'm saying him, but it could be her. Whatever. They sent the glasses 
and then they're like, oh, well, that was fun, or oh, that wasn't as fun as I thought it was. I'm just going to leave it be. I mean, if you're like legitly trying to get your little rocks off with it, then don't you need to do it again mm-hmm. with something else? And he had other stuff. Yeah. So that seems weird, right? I have seen it. I have heard of it done in other cases, particularly a case where this girl, I'm going to have to look it up and see who she was because right offhand, I can't think of it. But vaguely, I recall she got kidnapped from the end of her driveway. Like she had a super long driveway. Mm -hmm. She got snatched up and taken. And then the kidnapper, or maybe she got murdered. Either way, the kidnapper, the killer, whatever, started calling her family and like giving them details and stuff yeah and so and then like he would call and um ask to talk to her little sister and then he would say i'm gonna get you next or whatever but it was like repeatedly he was harassing this family and so i i think this dude that dude was like super sick in the head and he was like really just getting off on it but I think I kind of think like it's chips, like one is good, but is that going to be enough? Are you really just going to stop at one? Absolutely not. It doesn't make sense to me. So addressing it to the stepfather, you're right. It feels calculated to point the finger at him. Like um, maybe it was retaliation against him. Mm -hmm. You asked earlier if he had any enemies. We don't know, but... Would kidnapping the stepdaughter or the daughter of the woman that split up with you, I mean, is that really retaliation? Like, I'm sure he liked her, but I don't know what their relationship was. Yeah. And he had kids of his own. So, you know, wouldn't they have gone after his own kid? That would probably have hurt more. Unless they were just trying to set him up, like you said. I definitely don't believe he would have mailed it to himself. That would be dumb. No. And the misspelling of the word honey, that could go either way. It could be like calculated or it could just be a stupid misspell. Yeah. If I was going to misspell one of the words on purpose, I would have said locust or I would have um, like mislabeled the street. Like I'd have put lane or circle or something like that because it still would have got there. But it would have been like, oh, you didn't clearly know the address, you know? Right. But if you put the whole address right, it could raise a suspicion. But, I mean, honey's a pretty easy word to spell. So, I don't know why that would be the one you pick <laughs> yeah. to, to misspell, you know? That makes me think maybe they was just in a hurry or was concentrating on hiding their handwriting. True. And just simply forgot to put it. Because I do stuff like that all the time. I mean, I forgot my own name. <laughs> so, Oh, we know. <laughs> whatever it was, <laughs> the police believed from the beginning as soon as this happened, they were like, no, this was hit here to throw off this case. It, this does it. This is not real evidence because after they realized they couldn't get anything off of it, they were like, this is just like a red herring. It's not somebody's trying to throw us off now let's go back and talk about this blood on the door in the house all this weird cleanup all of this stuff right yeah 
the blood and hair on the door frame it it seems like maybe she was trying to get away and she fell or maybe she was pushed in a struggle she hit her head the trail leading from the bathroom all over the house is weird because it it would tend to make you believe she had some sort of other injury mm-hmm. and i mean if not she hit her head and then ran all over the house or I don't know. The blood thing really has me thrown because the whole pattern of it is weird. And usually I can go, okay, so with the blood being here, this is probably what happened. With this one, I don't have a clue. It just feels like somebody was willy-nilly spreading blood everywhere. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. If it led from the door back into the house, I could make sense. But I don't know. It's weird. And then... At what point did she say, hey, let me go change my clothes? And she's already bleeding because she bled on the nightgown and the bra. Mm -hmm. That leads me to believe that they allowed her to change her clothes or she was alone when she got injured in her head. Or they changed her clothes. And she was like, I'm bleeding everywhere. Maybe, but why? This is what I keep going back to. Why? Why? Why did you attempt to clean up? If you come to kidnap her, but if you came to kidnap her, people are going to notice she's gone. Why are you wasting time on cleaning up? And if you came in to kidnap her, if you came in to rob the place and then you accidentally killed her, why take the body? It doesn't make any sense. There was no evidence at the scene. So whoever it was had to know what they were doing or the police were just ridiculous the fbi was also involved though or so why would they take the body because uh they could have raped her and then therefore there would be evidence they could have but here's my thing about this so you don't leave any fingerprints or anything you think to bring gloves but you don't think to bring a condom I'm just saying whoever it was seemed to know a little bit about law enforcement. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, so... And, okay, so the cleanup attempt. I mean, I don't know why you would waste the time to do that. It does not make sense. You have no idea. If you don't know the schedule of the people that live in the house, you have no idea when they're coming back. Why would you waste the time to try to clean it up? And then why did you take the rag? Unless you got cut too. But then, like I said before, the only thing they could really tell you was what type of blood it was. A lot of people have A or O blood. And we don't even know if it was A or O. True. (laughs) That's like half the population, I think. So, why take the rag? None of it makes any sense. The whole thing throws me off so bad. I just don't even know about that one. Also, I checked everything and never once did I see a mention of any footprints being in this blood. They said blood was all over the floor. They said there were puddles, but never once did they say there were footprints in that blood. And they could have held it back from the press. But at very least, it should have narrowed their suspects whether it was a man or a woman, what their shoe size was. Mm -hmm. At very least, they should have been able to say 
oh yeah this was definitely a woman now given the fact that if the only footprints were a woman's and vicky's like oh i walked all through the house yeah that could explain away the footprints very true regardless of when she made them so another theory and i don't know if this will be a popular theory but i'm gonna float it um what if lee hurt herself either accidentally or on purpose uh, maybe she cut herself maybe she was bleeding a lot she slipped she hit her head she was disoriented she wandered off into the woods behind the house got lost died of exposure I have a couple reasons for bringing this up, so just hear me out. Okay, and all of this is circumstantial. It's not really evidence. It's just stuff I heard in this. So I'm just going to throw it out there. We're spitballing, all right? I saw a mention that in her description that she had um, several small scratches, scratch scars on her right leg. Mm. and i mean if she had just run through some briars last week would they have mentioned that no Mm -hmm. so immediately when i heard this even before i heard the rest of the story i thought it was possible she was cutting herself yeah okay so if she had a razor and she was cutting is it not possible that she opened a vein the blood was coming out she panicked she started trying to clean it up she's starting to get woozy she's like let me go uh change my clothes get cleaned up she goes to go out the door she doesn't even know what she's doing she slips in the blood hits her head on the door gets knocked out gets a concussion gets disoriented wanders off right I did not see that there was a trail of blood leading into the woods, but it was raining, so hmm. it's possible it got washed away. Yeah, I, I, I also saw a a story where somebody that went to school with Lee said that she had gotten in trouble a couple weeks before because she was eating berries off this tree on school property, and they said you shouldn't do that because those berries could be poisonous, and Lee said, maybe I want to die. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay, could she have just been like a smart ass? Yes. I mean, it's 100% possible. Oh, yeah. Possible. Could she have, have meant it and just, you know, like, I don't, I really don't care if I die. That's also possible. Now, I went back to try to find where I saw that mention so I, sh- I could uh, look up exactly what got said. And it was a, like one sentence on, I looked at probably 20 pages and the vast majority were legit just copy and paste of the page before. Mm-hmm. And so I, I run back through my history and I scanned everything. Thing, but I could not find the page where I saw that. But I am a hundred percent positive, and I did paraphrase, but that was the gist of what got said. But I can't reference it because I I cannot remember where I saw it. Hmm. And I did go back and try to find it. So I mean, and who knows if it even actually happened? You know, people like to talk just to have something to say sometimes. Oh yeah. But let's just say it did. 
And if that's true, she could have been struggling with something. She could have done something to herself. She could have cut herself and then been like, you know what? I don't want my mama to find me like this. And then she took her sleeping bag and went off into the woods knowing that she was going to pass on. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. And I found her description. And I did good. She was 4'10", 95 pounds, white female, blonde hair, hazel eyes. She had a strawberry birthmark at the base of her skull, small scratch scars on her right leg, bumps of skin on both knees. Her ears were pierced and she had a lazy left eye and she wore glasses. And we'll put up the comment on um, the contact info in the show notes, just like always. But, um, and I got pictures of her and I've got pictures of the little skeevy perv guy. So, um, oh, and on him in the show notes, it'll have a, a, a link to the prisons page, but you'll have to look him up from there. So I just took a little screenshot of his prison page. So if you want to look it up, you can just look at that. But uh, do you have theories, questions, comments? You I already told you my theory. So you're still with the stepfather? I'm still with the, it's the mom framing the stepfather. I using the pervy the guy. Mom. I thought you were um, no. hardcore. With not the mom. I think the pervy guy. Yeah, it's the mom using the pervy guy to frame I the stepmom. The stepfather. Stepdad. Yep. I mean, that's possible. She's definitely suspicious. And she moved. She moved to, I believe, Michigan. And, um, you know, and I saw people question that. Like, if you, because she kept saying, I, I believe my daughter's alive. I believe she's out there. I have to believe that. But if you did believe it, would you have give up the house and moved to Michigan? Absolutely and she may not, not. have had an option. But I do think that's a, a valid point that, it would be hard to leave where you knew if your daughter ever got away, she would come back there. Right. And so, yeah, I can see why it was questioned. I don't know if it's fair because, you know, people have, they have to move on with their lives at some point. They can't just continue to live standing still in this moment. So, you know, I don't know if she got remarried, if she had other kids or she, you know, really other than just, you know, every once in a while she'll give an interview. But I did see the last interview she gave. They said that she was very standoffish. But um, also you don't know how the people came at her, if they were accusing or whatever. And so, you know, again, pass me the salt shaker because... Who knows? Yeah. This one was hard to do. I, I told myself that when I got done with this one, I was going to, for sure, I was going to just sit down and do the story about Grant. Yeah. And it's been a hard story to do. It, it's been a very hard story to do. I It has not been, I hate to say that some of them are fun, but, you know, the research and all is sort of relaxing. Yeah. And that one, it feels skeevy. Like, it really is icky in my stomach. I'm I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not excited to do it at all. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do it. 
and I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to try my best to get it done this week just because I feel like it's hanging over me. Yeah. And I want to get it done. Want to get it out of the so, way. So, um, yeah, I didn't know how to come at it, but I think I figured out that I'm just going to lay out the facts and then I'm going to let y'all, y'all smart people, we all friends here, mm-hmm. y'all were smart, y'all can figure out what y'all think happened. I'm just going to lay out the facts and I'm going to try my best for once to keep my opinions out of it <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I don't know, but we'll see. But that's what I think I'm going to do is just lay out the facts and then y'all can play armchair detective, but you got the facts. So I think that's the best way to do it. But anyway, that's all I got this week. Do you want to do the Melanie and Kayla at the doctor's office really quickly before we go? That way we end on a good note. Because I don't think we'll have time for the other. Oh, yeah, we can. Okay. And I may have told this story before because I do make fun of this story all the time. But uh, I was at the eye doctor with them. And um, so my my other kids have uh, like fancier names. Matlin, I got an Ansley, I got a Zane. And then I've got three that are just like regular names. I've got Will, which he's a junior, so that's not his fault. And uh, Kayla... And Melanie. So these are like super simple names, right? Yeah, normal names. If you go somewhere with like Matlin, people don't know how to pronounce it. They stumble over it. Ansley gets called Ashley. You know, Zane is pretty, there's not a lot of Zanes, but you know, people can say his name. So I'm kind of used to it. But anyway, I'm at the, the eye doctor with Kayla and Melanie. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in the waiting room, and the woman yells out, you know how they call you. And they said, is there a Kalea and a Melania? Melanie. Melanie. Here. <laughs> and when she said Kalea, I was like, oh, that's a pretty name. And I was pondering it. <laughs> and I'm, you know how you do? Like, you kind of look around with your eyes. Nobody else is moving. I'm like, nobody in here looks like a Kalea. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm pondering it. And then she says the other name. And uh, my, I think she said Milani. And I was like, uh, oh, that's weird. I've got a K and an M too. <laughs> and so I'm like <laughs> looking around. And then she's looking dead at me. And I'm like, me? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's so, but now I'm thrown off. Like I told you, I got social anxiety. So now I'm thrown off, right? And so she takes me to the glasses place, which was in an adjoining building. Like you had to go through the door to get to it, but it was like a separate business. Yeah. It wasn't. But in any case, she walks over there and then she's like, I I need you to sign them in. And so in my mind, I'm still running this back through my head like, why did she say it like that? And so I'm like trying to write it and I legitimately cannot spell Melanie's name. Like I'm just running it through my head and the letters are not coming out for me. <laughs> and so I like start it and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to get it out. And so I'm like sitting there for a second. How about this heifer go look me in my face and go, are you even her mother? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, Yes. <laughs> you threw me off with the way you said their name. 
say anyway i was like i was so offended too but i was like i legitimately could not smell it and then we called melanie we to this day still will bust out and say melahani yeah like that's what she said melahani <laughs> we still will call melanie melahani sometimes and uh i said that i should have just started calling because i've always said kayla's name is kind of boring no offense to any kayla's out there it's just not like you know a little more exotic name like is my taste and so i said i should have just started calling her kalea yeah like after a few months she would have answered to it for sure i may still try it i'll let y'all know (laughs) all right so i love it i think it's such a pretty name and then when she goes someplace and they go kayla she can go it's kalea (laughs) (laughs) so good for her yeah Blocke. So anyway, that was my stupid story. Yeah, Blocke. <laughs> a Aaron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I don't know if she's gonna put in the story or not. I'm not because we don't have time. Yeah, we don't have time. Okay, so um, then share us with someone who likes storms. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. See y'all next week. All right, bye. Bye.